God is raising up another generation. We're writing new music. New, I like the old stuff. I like the new stuff. God is filling the empty spaces of faith promise. He's filling our campuses. He is moving in a supernatural way. And so God, Lord, we're at a culture war. As the culture, this world tries to draw our attention, our affection away from you. Tries to make us busy and aim at the wrong thing. The wrong things. And so God, would you move through the power of your word? Would you let the hammer be swung and it will not return void, but it will accomplish I pray that it will be the holy hammer, that it will crack the rocks of those of us whose, whose hearts have grown hard in this world. God, would you give a gift of revelation and impartation of the truth that when we leave from all of our campuses, we will never be the same because we will have been in the presence of a thrice holy God. Father, we believe it and we receive it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray it. And all God's people said Awesome, awesome. You guys picked an incredible weekend. We are on a journey, new rivers and new roads, and it has been incredible. The year will be over before we know it. We're about to hit our fourth quarter and uh, a fourth of the year, but, but God is drawing people to himself in this movement called Faith Promise. It, you know, it's beyond a single site and a single service. Now it's, I, I actually don't even know how many services we have on the weekend anymore. I, I, don't, I don't even know, but it's a ton. And God is, is just blessed. A couple weeks ago, we launched our new next steps. Young lady came and wondered if that was her next step, Angelia. And man, she gave her heart to Jesus, wept her way in the kingdom. And so God is just constantly drawing people, transforming people. And it just reminds us that at Faith Promise, we are about real people, helping real people with real, find real and then when that person finds real love, they begin to come up here and they start helping real people with real problems and they find love and it's just a momentum of the spirit. And it's just how God fills the empty spaces with restoration, with healing, with his Holy Spirit, how God is moving. So welcome this week. Welcome to all nine of our campuses. We're thrilled to have you with us this weekend. You picked an incredible weekend to worship, especially if you're a guest. We're completing a series that we've entitled Empty Spaces, How God Fills the Empty Spaces of Our Mind. Has it helped so far? Has it been good? Has it been good? All right. We've been really working our way out of the book of Romans chapter 12, which is one of my all-time favorite verses. And this, again, as I've said every week, this is a command, just like going to all the nations, love the Lord your God, it is a command. Do not be what? which means to be pressed into a mold, to be made in the image of this world, but be by the renewing of your mind. We need to have transformed thinking. And so since, before we started this series, every day when I intercede for you, God, would you transform the thinking of every promiser? God, would you move today? Would you remind them of the verse? Would you speak to them at work and at school and travel and stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads or wherever they are, God, would you impact them today with, this, with, with, with transformed thinking? Because how we think is a choice. We don't realize it. We blame our parents. We blame our DNA. We blame, we blame the culture. We blame everything instead of just accepting responsibility for how we think. See, the world wants to divide between black and white, Republicans and Democrats, rich and poor, educated. The world is about dividing because Jesus said, a kingdom divided cannot stand. So the enemy's always dividing us. Does that make sense? 
dividing us, dividing us. And God wants to unite us. And so, but if you're not careful, you will, you will catch your thinking from the culture, not from Christ. You will allow the world to shape how you view and how you think, and you are set up for a loss when you do that. Because you, but by the way you think, and if you've missed any weekend, if you'll go back and get it, it will help you. If you, you can think you're a winner or you're a, it's just how you choose to think. So what we want to do this weekend as we conclude this series is give you one more arrow to shoot, one more arrow in your quiver of how to fill the empty spaces of our minds and shoot an arrow at stinking thinking. Because stinking thinking will ruin you, won't it? Stinking thinking will ruin your marriage. It literally, people will end up in the divorce court and look at each other and say, how did we get here? Stinking thinking. Because everything, wins or loses are up here. Before you ever sin, you've determined up here, here's the battlefield. So stinking thinking will kill you. Amen? It'll ruin everything in your life that you actually care the most about. So we, we Romans 12 to it, and let me give you another arrow, Philippians 4, verse 8. We call it the P48 train. Finally, brethren, whatever is. See, don't meditate on lies. Meditate on the truth, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Whatever is true, whatever is. Whatever is. Whatever is. Whatever is. Whatever is of good, if there is anything, next, if there's anything, and if anything worthy of, then do what? Dwell. Here's where you think. Fill your mind with the Word of God, the Spirit of God. Fill your mind with things that are good and lovely and wonderful and excellent and worthy of praise. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will fill your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. Well, Pastor, I don't understand. Why do I have any peace? Because you are dwelling on crap. Are you with me? You're dwelling on worrying. What's going to happen? And what is this? And what is that? And what about the economy? And what about? And what about? What about? What about? What about? You got to dwell on these things. And then the peace, the shalom of God. You've got to transform your thinking. Does this make sense? And the world is set up completely opposite of this. Completely opposite. So if you want to think like this, it is supernatural. It is not natural. We are naturally negative, naturally divisive. We're not naturally positive. And so we're, what, really what got us down this road is helping people who have filled the empty spaces of their mind with fear and insecurity to it with purpose and significance, with the scriptures and the spirit of God. Because God wants you to walk with transformed thinking. He wants to fill the empty spaces. Why? Number one, to bring him glory. You do know that you were born again. Those of you that are Christ followers, those of us, you are born again to bring God glory. Does that make sense? You, you, you aren't saved just so you could succeed and so you could la just lavish in the favor and the blessings of the goodness of God. No, you were saved to bring God glory. When you were saved, you bowed your knee and you acknowledged that Jesus was Lord of your life, all authority. He owns everything now. Amen. I'm a steward of all that I have. It's all Jesus's. And so what, why, why do he wants us to bring him glory? And so filling the empty spaces with scriptures and with the Spirit brings him glory. And it helps us aim at the bullseye of the potential of God that he placed in us. Now, this shock and rock just blows my mind that I talk to believers everywhere. And few people ever consider 
their potential that was placed in them by God. Does that, does that, make, does that make sense? And so I've watched people for 36 years in ministry, they take their bow and they just shoot arrows everywhere. They just shoot them, man. They're just shooting. There's no aim. There's no target. There's no potential. Are you with me? Now, what I really do believe about you guys is at the promisers is that you really do want to hit your potential. Is that, am I right? Because see, it's hard to stay at this church. See, people kind of fake promises large and nobody on one there. No, God knows you're here and we are going to push and push and push until you're either going to begin moving with God, you're going to move in or you're going to move out. But you can't just hang out around here and, and, and you're either going to fall in love with God or you're going to, man, you're going to go somewhere else where you can just sit and soak and sour. But here, we're going to make it hard to just sit and soak and sour. Is that, are you with me? I mean, we're going to push and push and push till we get to heaven. But I believe that people stay at Faith Promise because they don't want to miss the bullseye of their potential by one inch. They want to hit all that God has for them. They want to ride the P-48 train. They want to, they want to have their, you want to have your, tra your thinking transformed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 again. I pray this verse over you every day. So why? You can hit the bullseye, the master's mark, the bullseye of your potential that you will walk with it, that you'll fill the empty spaces with the Spirit and with the Scriptures so that you will live a life that is pleasing to God. So what we want to, what we want to sort of wrap this series up this weekend and help you do three things. Know where to aim and know why to aim there. Millennials, young adults, they want to know why. And because I say so is not good enough. The, the, my generation, okay, the, yeah, that's great. We're supposed to do that good. Why and then how to aim. What are we supposed to do? Because what you cannot do is shoot an arrow with the wall and then draw a target around it. But, but isn't that how so many people live their lives? And so what happens, the, the, many of us are far from the target. And the farther that you get from the target, the harder it is to hit the target. And so if you filled your empty spaces between you and the target with insecurity and fear, then you're not even going to take a shot. You're going you're gonna, to you're get paralyzed by fear, or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna rush the shot and miss the shot, which leads to disappointment and discouragement. Well, I couldn't please God any way I tried, so I'm just going to give up on it, you know. Or, or it, it, it's just crazy to me, and this is what I've watched people do. They shoot arrows everywhere. There's no target. They're just aiming their life. They, they, they marry. They do all this stuff, and then... Their life is jacked and they blame God. Are you with me? You never aimed at what God said aim at. You never allowed God to speak into what your, where, your, where your life is focused and then we're mad at God. Is that crazy? But it's what we do. Well, there can't be a God because if there was a God, my life wouldn't be like this. Well, if you hadn't aimed at the wrong target, it probably wouldn't have been. Let's take some response. Let's put our big boy pants on, can we? Let's take some responsibility for where we are in life and quit blaming everybody else. Come on, you're grown up. You moved out of the house 30 years ago. It's not your mother's fault anymore. It's yours. Come on, let's take it. So what we want to challenge you to do this weekend is take aim at your potential. Now, would you agree with me that God created you and God put your potential in you? So he knows how far he wants you to go, right? And so... So take aim at your potential by understanding where to aim, why to aim, and how to aim by God's design for your life 
what God intended. So I think after this weekend, many of you will know actually be far more able to take a shot for God, the shot that God intended for you to take. Others are going to be more and more prepared about what God wants out of your life. For some of you, when the target, you're, you're going to be able to hit the target because for some of you, the first time, you're actually going to know what the target of your life is today. And the alternative, which is never taking a shot, you know, or, and, and never getting involved, never Never moving is your life ends up crashing and burning like the guy on the screen. Some of you have seen this video. This guy was a, a ground worker at airport. Decided one day, I'm just going to uh, climb up in one of these jets and take it off. Had never flown a jet. Climbed up in, got up in the jet and took off doing barrel rolls. Man, doing all kind of stuff. We had to cut the sound off because everybody vetting up with their phone were cussing like sailors. So we thought that wouldn't be appropriate. But this guy's just out, and, and what he said, what he told air traffic controls, I'm just a broken guy. I've got a few, few screws loose. I guess I just never knew it till now. But because he didn't know what he was doing, he was left to fly on his own. He decided his own target, this flight did not end well. Because, see, taking a plane off is easy. All you got to do is go fast enough, push the gas, and pull the yoke back. You are going to come off the ground. That's the easy part. Landing? That's the hard part. Putting it back down where it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to be, and he could not accomplish that feat. And because of that, he literally ended up in a, in a fiery ball crashing that airplane. It is imperative how we fill the empty spaces of our minds. If it's insecurity and doubt, it's going to cripple you about achieving the potential that God wants you. God designed you with the with a potential. He wants to fill you with freedom and hope and grace and deliverance. Does that make sense? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and chapter 7. That's where we're going to pull from. For we walk by and not by. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body. Absent from the body is in heaven, Paul said. I'd rather be in heaven and to be, uh, and to be, uh, and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, because of that, because of, of that, we have as our ambition, whether in heaven or absent, to be what? To be what? We have as our amb ambition, as Christ followers, to be pleasing to God. Now, in the beginning of chapter 5, it says we all have one thing in common. We don't know how long we're going to be here. Matter of fact, we don't have a lot of control over how long we get to live on this planet. Would you all agree with that? What we do have control of, however, is what we're going to aim our life at, what we're going to focus, what we're going to target. The word ambition means to take aim. And so Paul says we are to take aim. We are to actually take careful aim with our lives. And our lives, the aim of our life is what? To be pleasing to God. Have as our ambition, have as our aim to be pleasing to God. Now, if, we, if you and I could sit down for just a minute and I could look at you eyeball to eyeball and say, is, you, is the aim of your life to please God? Most of us, if we'll be honest, we have to say, well, not really. I've got to please my spouse. I've got to please my kids. I've got to please my boss. I've got to please my coach. And most importantly, I've got to please me. Does this make sense? Come on, is anybody awake? And so we now... As Christ followers in America have grown so weak because we are so consumed with the culture 
that we are not aiming our lives at the right things. So now we're not aiming at the right things, and we wonder, where's the peace? Where's the freedom? Where's the joy? Where's the victory? All the stuff you talk about, preacher, I don't get any of that. It's because you're aimed at the wrong thing. Listen, my prayer all week, God, take this one thought and bring heavy Holy Ghost conviction into every heart that the goal is not Number one, the goal is not pleasing to the Lord. Because here's the deal. If you love God, you want to please God. You want to please the people that you love the most, the most. And if God is not number one in your life, then pleasing God will never be your aim. It'll be pleasing someone else. That's why Paul said, no service, no, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the everyday affairs of life so that he may please the one that enlisted him. Who's enlisted him? God enlisted us. In Hebrews chapter 12, laying aside everything that so easily entangles us so that we might run the race with endurance set before us. Are y'all with me? Do you see a pattern? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. When you love God above everything else, then your life taking aim at pleasing God becomes absolutely essential. Does this make sense? But see, that's not how we think. Why? Because we've been consumed with this culture, saturated in this society that's about my success and my happiness. Man, watch, watch advertisements with a biblical view. It's about me. It's about me, 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 me. We live in the most narcissistic culture in the history of the planet in America. And revival is happening all around the world. Hundreds of millions of believers in China happening in Central America. It's happening around the world, and we're missing it because we are more caught up with achieving in the culture than we are pleasing God. Are y'all with me? What would happen if all 10,000 promisers this weekend would say, I'm going to make as a goal of my life to please God. Do I, am I going to keep working? Sure I am. Am I going to? Yeah, I'm going to do the things I do. But in everything I do, I'm going to make my chief aim, my goal, my ambition to please God. Would it make a difference around here? Would people come more than one, a couple times a month? Of course they would. Come on. And so, so some of us say, well, I can't see it. I don't, I don't know what the aim is. I'm sort of foggy. This is one of the lies of the enemy. That because you can't see the target, you can't shoot at the target. I love this. What did Paul tell us in verse 7 of chapter 5? We walk by, not by. So we aim by faith. We shoot by faith. We live by faith, and when we trust God and God's design for us, we're going to hit the target. We may, we may not be perfect, we're gonna make, we may be over here, but we're going to hit the target. We're going to see our potential. We're going to see the target. We're going to see our future. We're not going to live by fear and security because we know God owns the future. We're gonna, we're gonna, God's going to take the empty space between us and the target. Does this make sense? Are you with me? And so the future for each of us is great if we'll allow God to move. Now, what a lot of people believe, if you're listening, say, I am. What a lot of people believe, it just doesn't matter. I'm going to give it my best shot, preacher. Man, I'm going to live my life, and man, I'm going to give it my best shot and let the chips fall where they may. It's just not that big a deal, is it? Actually, it's a giant deal. And this is one of my biggest disconnects with, with, with Christ followers. This, this is, 
See, I live every day with the Bema seat of judgment in mind. Every day. Every day. I, I ask God, anoint me to help every promiser be ready. Because it says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all what? Appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may be recompensed, paid back for his or her deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. There are two judgment seats. Number one is the great white throne. It's where he separates the sheep and the goats. After that, the sheep go to heaven. When we get to heaven, there is a judgment seat. The Greek word is B-E-M-A, Bema or Bema, seat of judgment. And so now Paul tells the Romans that there's nothing we can do to get good enough, our aim good enough, to God will accept us, and I'm going to finish the message with that. So we're going we're gonna to come back around to that. But the scripture is clear is that there's a judgment seat. Matter of fact, you can go today to ancient Corinth. Michelle and I were on a cruise, and we did an excursion to ancient Corinth. It's a dig, basically, where they sort of undug, uncovered the ancient city. And it's a self-guided tour. You just walk around, and you read the plaques in front of, this is what this was, and this is what this was. And Michelle's doing what she always does. She's out there taking pictures. She's taken hundreds, hundreds of thousands of pictures. Thank God for digital. Because she said, I, they don't cost anymore. I take as many as I want. Okay, baby, you take those pictures. <laughs> and I'm just standing in front of this, this big raised platform, and I'm looking at it, it said, the Bema seat of judgment in Corinth. And man, I just arrested, began to weep because I realized, I, as I reached out and touched that, the apostle was arrested for preaching the gospel and was put on trial right there at that Bema or that Bema seat of judgment. Angry Corinthians who wanted him executed because of his message of the gospel. Are you with me? Now, listen, listen. If you're listening, say I am. If you're a Christ follower, you are going to stand before the Bema seat of judgment of what you aimed at and how well you shot. See, when I was first saved, I was taught all God wants is for me to be faithful. That's not true. God wants you to be faithful so that you can be what he wants, which is fruitful. Read the 39 parables with the Bema seed in mind, and it transforms Jesus' parables when he's holding people accountable. When he gave one talent, two talent, and four talents. And we just, I gave these, and then the owner calls people to account. And people that didn't use what he gave them, wicked, lazy slave. Are you with me? Are, are y'all Okay. What's rocking and shocking to me, come on, is there's no fear of God in the 21st century American church. We just believe God has to accept everything that we do. So what we've got to do is we've got to hit the bullseye of God, the master's mark of our potential because that's what we'll be judged against. If you never draw back and you never shoot, you're going to miss out on the reward. If you draw back and you're shooting in the air, you're going to miss out on the reward. But if you take your life and you aim it to please God and achieve your potential, then you are going to enter into the reward because the judgment seat is about giving out rewards for what we did. Now, getting to heaven is all about grace. Are you with me? It's not by works, lest anyone should boast. It is, it is a free gift of God. Once you are into heaven, there are no participation trophies. You don't get a trophy because you got in. At that point, what you receive when you get into heaven is because of what you did with what God gave you. Are we a blessed people? Are we blessed? To whom much is given, much is required. 
See, that scares me. We now are broaching the largest church in the state of Tennessee. That scares me. That scares me because I have stewardship over multiplied millions of dollars and millions of hours of people that want to serve God, and I will be held to a much higher accountability. Are you with me? That sends terror through me. That's why I press into God every day. God, don't let me step into stupid. Don't let me blow it. I, there's a beamer that I will bow before it. I want to hear well done and faithful, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear for you because I don't get to go to the beamer until every promiser has. And I will watch every one of you walk up and I want to be clapping and cheering and I want to hear Jesus say, well done, not. You did not. You didn't do jack after you were saved. This is why, this is why I push so hard that you serve. This is why I push so hard that you be faithful with your money. This is why I push so hard that you disciple your kids because they're not your kids, they're God's kids, and you're training them for the kingdom of God. Are you with me? I spent my whole life training my three kids that they would serve God faithfully the rest of their life through his church, whether they're vocational or not. They would serve God. And all three of my kids served God. They married, all three got married, and they married people that are going to serve God. If you come into my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Are you with me? And so, man, that's why I push. Why? So that you, you when you hit your uh, potential, you're going to bring glory and honor to God. And the Bible says you're going to be transformed from glory into his glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says this, for whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the spirit. See, before you were born again, you were blindfolded. There was a veil. You couldn't see God. The Bible says the natural man doesn't understand the things of the spirit, and so you were blinded. But the Bible says when you meet Jesus, the veil is removed. And now we can experience God. Now that we can see God. Now, in, the, in Paul's time, mirrors were fuzzy. They've just sort of polished metal. But, but what happens, the longer you walk with God, the more that the target becomes unfuzzy, the more you see clearly as the empty spaces are filled with the Spirit of God and the Word of God, not the culture then the fu your future is not something to be insecure or fearful about. Your future is something to walk into with incredible anticipation of how God is going to use you. Because I believe God's going to use you. Do y'all believe that? I believe God's going to use you to a greater degree than you believe God can use you. I believe God wants to raise every single promiser up to incredible levels. But we've got to have transformed thinking. So three questions. Number one, what is your sightline to the target? What's the target? Pleasing God and hitting my full potential. Or have you got any sideline to your potential? Are you preparing for your future? Are you eyeing your potential with, with an eye of faith and not sight? Are you on the Bible reading plan, learning to grow? Do you have a personal growth plan? Are you digging in? Are you looking at verses to clarify your calling? Are you ordering your steps that your life would be pleasing to God? Does this, does this make sense? So what's your next step? As a matter of fact, let's say it together. Next steps is, is your next step. This weekend at our next steps, again, it's a four-week-long experience. This weekend, 
We'll be taking a spiritual gifts inventory test. We'll be taking a personality profile assessment, and we're going to help figure help you figure out how you're wired and how God wants to use you. It's going to help take you to a whole nother level. At Pellissippi at 6.15 on Saturday, and it's at the 11.30 service at, at Pellissippi and all of our other campuses. It's the last service there. So do what's your sight line? Next, you have a spotter. Because if you're going to shoot from a long distance, you need a spotter who's who's got the target, who's got the wind. Because, see, there's so many variables in this culture. If you're going to really hit potential, you've got to have some other people with you. One of, our, one of our, our, our values is we grow together. So are you in a group? I just don't have time. I don't have time for a Bible reading plan. I don't have time. Do you watch TV? Yes. So are oh, reruns of Gunspoke more important? Because if it is, then you better hope Festus is on the throne when you get to heaven. <laughs> Does this make sense? Because, see, we're held to account by the King of kings and the Lord of the Lord. Finally, let me ask you one more question. Are you in position to the target? Are you in position to let your life be released as an arrow from the bow of God and, and, and moving in God's direction? Does this make sense? Now, Ephesians I mean, uh, Romans 3.23 said, for we have all sinned and fallen short. Literally, this is an archer's term. It's, it, it, we have all missed the bullseye, the master's mark of perfection. Haven't we all? See, this is the master's mark, and this is where, this is where we are. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you know what? Thanks be that there is a grace that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And God wants to save us. He wants a relationship with us. That is, listen, I wake up every day, and there's a, my Heavenly Father that's radically in love with me. That's incredible. See, I don't find it hard to live a life to please God. You know why? Because God's just crazy about me. Is he crazy about you? For God so loved you that he, that he gave his only begotten son. Come on. It's easy to please people that love you and that you love. So if you love God pr- primarily, preeminently, then you're going you're gonna to live a life to please him. But you got to know him to please him. The terrorist who blows up a bomb and kills a busload of children believes he's doing God a favor. He does not know God. Are you with me? You say, that's judgmental. No, it's biblical. He does not know God. Because if you knew God, you would know that God is love. And God is not about killing people. God's about setting people free. And so God wants to set you free. You can't please him if you don't know him. So step number one is meeting him. At all of our campuses, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray a simple confessional prayer. We're going to pray it out loud with you. So if you're ready to begin a relationship with God, would you pray this prayer with us? Dear Jesus, I've missed the mark. I've sinned. We're separated. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Transform my thinking. Renew my mind. Help me live a life aimed at pleasing you. Achieving my full potential in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. Wow. So... If you just prayed that prayer with me, if you're online, you can click right there and go to the chat room. The rest of us 
If you'll pull the communication card out in front of you at your campus, fill the top part out as we get ready for the offering. Check the circle. I'm making a first-time decision to follow Jesus, and just go ahead and check the next one. I'd like to be baptized. And so you can just you can fill those out. Uh, if you've not been to Next Steps, it's your next step. Again, this weekend, we'll be, we'll be giving a spiritual gifts inventory test. We'll be giving a personality profile test. It'll help you understand more about you, how God wired you, and what God wants to do with you. Because if you don't know that, you will never hit your full potential. So again, next steps. You can, you know, Pelsey, you, you know, you could go get a cup of coffee, come back for the 1130, or just go ahead and fill out this card and check third circle. I'll need to attend next steps and come next weekend. If you've got to make a choice, either go to, either go to a worship service or go to next steps, go to next steps. It's the, it's the point of our discipleship of transformation. And so that you, if you're a guest, if you fill the communication card out, drop it in the offering bucket as it goes by. That's the only offering we ask of you. And uh, just put it in there. When you leave, you go through the center doors of the Pellissippi campus. There's some round tables, and we've got a gift box for you to stop by and pick it up. And uh, we're thrilled that you're with us. As we move in and worship through giving and generosity, we get to do so much because promisers are so faithful in bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. We have a partner called TTI, the Timothy Initiative. You have planted 200 churches in Pakistan. You planted hundreds of churches in India where they are now illegal. This is the flood that happened recently. It, it displaced 1.2 million people. The pastors, by the way, that you helped train and that you sent into the field went out and rescued 400 people. And those pastors doing what was illegal are now national heroes in India. And they get to do what they do because promisers give every week. Thank God for your faithfulness. Come on. Now, we know there's a hurricane that just pummeled our east coast. If you want to be a part of giving to that, do me a favor. Listen, don't just give out there. Give through Faith Promise Church. We'll send all our relief effort through a church that's doing relief and the gospel. Relief is incredible. We should be a part of that. But we don't do relief without life change. And so if you want to give, man, I'm just, we're going to be giving money to Manage Church. I've talked to a Seacoast this morning, Greg Surratt really the founder of the multi-site movement, and he said, Chris, we don't need anything, we're good, and, uh, but we're going to be working with man and a couple other churches for disaster relief, and so it's just incredible, and so thank you. Some of you will give the first time, praise God. By the way, I'm praying every day for you, financial miracles, financial miracles, because Heart for the Harvest is coming mid-November, and, and, and that we would be ready. I'm believing for the greatest single Heart for the Harvest offering we have ever given, amen? So already, Michelle and I have set money back. God's done some miracles, and we say, okay, that's hard. For, we're, we're moving. You don't have to give it off. God does a miracle, but come on. People say, I wish I could give. God's giving you money to give. That doesn't mean new car, charge. Are you with me? It means new used car, give. Amen? So let's pray. God, thank you for faithful promisers who give week after month after year. God, I pray for those that will give for the first time today and those that have given for decades. God, take this offering and use it for your glory to bring fame to your name in India, in the, in the, on the coastline of, of North and South Carolina, in the inner city of Knoxville, around the corner and around the world. Use us. God, help us obey you in generosity. 
that will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, give him a shout because we get to give.